Oh, that's me gagging. I don't usually talk like that at the top of the show. Anyway, here we go. Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for All-Star Season 4, Episode 8, titled RuPaul's Best Judy's Race. My name is Joe Batance, and I am joined, as always, by one amazing co-host from New York City and the lifestyle blog, Hi, H-I-G-H, how are you dot com. Please say, please say the wrong thing. And please act like a fool. To Jamila Zara. Hello, Jamila. People are mad. People are mad. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. No one's known more in the past 12 hours how angry people are about Manila Luzon going. How you know, we're gonna get right into it pretty soon, Jamila, but how are you how are you doing? How is how's the weather in New York? This is what a weird question, but it's raining here, so I'm doing that. Oh my gosh, it is better considering that Wednesday was negative six degrees. Oh, I can't, you know, I've never so been now it's in cold. the 30s and we're like oh let me put my shorts on <laughs> like, it just feels so much better I don't think I've ever been in weather under 30 ever in my life oh my god when I then do not come to New York yeah. in January I've never left California in the winter I'm always in California in the winter because why would I leave why would I go somewhere else colder because you're smart yeah so anyway to, for those of you listening let me explain a little bit what's going on I thought there was no better week then to give you a taste of what you're missing on Patreon, then this week, and what a week to do it, to bring in Jamila Zara, who's my co-host on our show, Reclaiming Our Time, over on Patreon. And what Reclaiming Our Time is, it's, it's I describe it as a, as a diverse perspective on RuPaul's Drag Race. It's kind of like the recap show that you know, but this time, because, you know, every other podcast, except with the exception of um, What the Tuck with Nicole Byer, every other uh, RuPaul's Drag Race recap podcast is white gay people and their girlfriends ta- and their white girlfriends talking about RuPaul's Drag Race. So I was like, you know, there needs to be a show where people of color have a place because they, you know, they're African-Americans who, lo- who love the show. Jamila's African-American, by the way. There are straight people who like the show. There are Asian people who like the show. There are Latino people who like the show. And so that's what Reclaiming Our Time is. And Jamila co-hosted with me over on Patreon. And There are also so, can I just say, yeah. there are so many black girls on this season yeah exactly so many and, and i get, love it they're getting rid of all the non-black girls one by one <laughs> <laughs> That's not- it's the black heathers <laughs> so uh so anyway jamila you know let's let's talk a little bit about jamila jamila i knew her she used to be the producer on larry flick's uh show over on sirius xm radio now you run this lifestyle blog hi how are you dot com tell us a little bit about it Okay, so yes, HiHowAreYou.com is a lifestyle blog. It's mainly targeted towards women, but it's really targeted towards anyone who enjoys a little bit of cannabis now and then. Um, And so hence the name, Hi, How Are You? But I just noticed that when I was reading women's publications, you hear a lot about beauty and fashion and celebrity gossip, but there's just not somebody who is not really for somebody who enjoys other things like smoking and politics and humor. And so when I started HiHowAreYou.com, I was thinking like, what would Rihanna want to read? What would Francis Bean Cobain want to read? And so, yeah, that's mainly who I wrote it for. I wrote it because I was missing the content that I wanted to see. So I figure why not write it myself? And I think that's what everyone should do. I think that if you feel like you are missing something, I think you should create it yourself. 
hey, look, yeah, look, this is how this show came about. This is how Reclaiming Our Time came about. This is, you, you have, you, you know, it's one of the things I've learned. And you know what? I think, and I don't, I mean, this is going to start a whole other conversation, that I think people of color, particularly in show business, they're just going to, um, you have to go and do it yourself. No one's going to come and find you and say, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so funny, though. And I love so we did it. We actually did a full YouTube show. Oh, by the way, everyone listening, we have a YouTube channel on Friday nights. We're going to be doing live YouTube recaps of the episode uh, at six thirty p.m. Pacific, nine thirty p.m. Eastern, right after the East Coast premiere. And the YouTube page is at YouTube.com/slash C slash drag race recap and you can go there subscribe you'll get a notification when we go live and it's friday nights right after the episode airs but uh, last night i did the show with this guy jake dupree okay and he's a very nice person very very kind very very smart very very funny i like him very much but he's like this blonde white twinkie guy right and he was in the kitty girl video last year and whenever i talk to him it's it's so white privilege that it's so fun. Like I was I, recently, he was in a drag competition, and I said, "Oh, how did it go?" He goes, "I won," and I was like, "Oh, good for you." And then he goes, "And then Dean was won- that his first time competing?" Yeah, yeah, first time competing, he won ten thousand dollars or something. And then he goes, "Then I just started like doing like I started, I'm not gonna do drag. I'm gonna do boylesque." And then he started doing boylesque, and Dina Von Teese put me in her show, and people just mm. call me and offer me work all the time. And I was like. Oh, this guy does not understand how it's... A- you know, I one time... You know, I, I, there was a time... I still am, I guess, a writer. And I was talking to a friend of mine. She's a Latina producer, right? And she was producing a show about... Um, at the time, about a Latino guy, a comedian, taking his life story and turning into a sitcom. And she's like, yeah, I said, how's that going? She goes, it's fine, but gosh, I can't find any funny Latino writers. And I'm like, I'm sitting right across. She's talking to me saying she can't find funny Latino writers. And so, like, you just have to bang doors down. You have to really make your own show, your own name, and then people have to come. You know, I'm not even a big George Lopez fan. But do you know how George Lopez got famous? It's one of my favorite stories. No. He couldn't mm-hmm. He couldn't get booked in comedy clubs. So you know what he used to do? It's so smart. He would go to like a very Spanish-speaking city. He would buy out the theater. Because he had a little bit of money from doing stand-up, right? But he wasn't going anywhere. He would right. buy out the theater, just like, how much does it cost to rent it out? And I got it out. $10,000. Okay. Then he would book himself on all these Spanish-language radio shows and be really funny and talk about this show he was doing. And then he would... Um, Sell that he would sell the tickets for whatever ticket price was and keep all the money. And he would make like 40, 50 grand a show because he paid for the theater himself. The theater wasn't making any cut of it. And so he right. was crushing it before he was even famous. And that's when Sandra Bullock kind of found him. But yeah, he was making a lot of money because he had to go do it himself. I know I just marched all over you, but you excited me with saying, like, yes, us people of color have to do that. Well, I have a story about shameless self-promotion. Okay, go ahead. Last, last week, I went to a cannabis conference, and mm-hmm. one of the little classes that they had, everybody had, like, breakout sessions. One of the sessions that they had was cannabis and media. Mm-hmm. And so this guy was, like, putting on – he had a projector, and he was putting all these cannabis sites on the projector. He put up Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. He put up High Times, yeah. all these sites. And then one of the people asked, well, like, how can we get – 
ourselves published in a cannabis site. And so he gave, went through this whole thing about how to get published. And then I raised my hand and I said, well, you know, I'm also a cannabis publication mm-hmm. and I'm hiring writers. Yeah. And then he was like, what's the name of your site? And then put it up on the fucking projector. Oh. <laughs> like, in front of everybody and i'm like and you could see people with their phones like taking a picture so they can remember the site and i was like yeah take a picture take a picture it lasts longer (laughs) no but that that's what you have to do you You have have to it feels weird it It feels weird to promote yourself like that and to try and sell yourself but just be be naomi smalls about it yeah be unapologetic yeah you you just have to do it's it's funny because it's just something i've learned you just have to a friend of mine told me once i think there's a really she told me this in college but she's super successful and, and that makes sense she said you have to tell people how awesome you're all you are and then your job is to prove that you're right mm-hmm. and i'm like that's exactly it you have to just constantly tell people how rad you are because then they'll believe it they just they'll just believe whatever you tell them well you know what with that jimmy let's jump right into the show this week the girls mourn valentina rupaul teaches the girls about judy garland the girls make over their best judies rupaul cries latrice cries manila's boyfriend cries and monet makes her best friend cry when he, she shaves her eyebrows the girls perform in a judy garland number i guess and then walk the runway with their friends and their best judy couture in the end latrice royale and manila luzon were placed in the bottom two while Monet Exchange and Naomi Smalls were placed in the top two. After Monet and Naomi lip-synced against each other in a lip-sync for their legacies, or actually hurting their legacies now, Naomi was named the winner of the challenge, forcing her to pick one of the two most legendary queens of all time to go home. In the end, Naomi pulled Malil Luzon's lipstick and caused quite the gag in the world of RuPaul's Drag Race. Jamila, can you do me a favor? And I know this is new for you. I can go first if you want. But name two things you liked about the episode and one thing you did not. Hmm. Okay. Two things that I liked about the episode. Uh, Naomi's green look was stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved Monet Exchange's uh, best friend, Patty. Okay. Like, ended yeah. up looking sickening after mm-hmm. the makeover. Yeah. One thing that I didn't like was I felt like the tribute to Judy was just a r- random way that you could get everybody to say, my best Judy. <laughs> Like, you know <laughs> it just, well, like, Judy Garland just was, just seemed like a random, just like insert in this whole episode, which is sad because I feel like she deserves more. Yeah. You know, what's funny is um, they wrote that. Sh- so you may not know this, but there used to be a guy named Lucian Piani who was on the show. Okay. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, he was the guy who wrote all of RuPaul's music and he's. Yes. I remember music. he had the breakdown yes. and, um. Yeah, I I remember Lucian. During the election, he had a a crazy breakdown. Who knows? It may be drug-related, maybe not. But I I hear he's getting better. Actually, Larry, our friend Larry Flick, talks to him. And I guess he said he's getting better and recovering. But, um, yeah, he burned all his bridges. But as corny as his songs were, they were better than what they've been putting out. Like, they're really, really bad. Oh, my God. This song was dreadful. It was dread, dread, dreadful. And all they did was just ring in Judy Garland songs, names, and it was awful. And you're right. And the fact that they were all wearing the same thing, it wasn't like you can choose your own Judy Garland era. It was like it really was. They wanted to have my best Judy episode. And they were like, well, I guess we'll put it around Judy Garland rather than just being like this is something that a lot of queer people say Mm -hmm. you know like oh my good Judy like you know like rather than just saying that and leaving it at like that they just were like well let's surround it around Judy Garland but it just seemed weird 
weird. It yeah. seemed very, very weird. It was very, very strange. Or, you know what? Do that challenge when you don't have them. Yeah, but you're right. They have this thing where they want to do the best Judy thing. I don't know. Because then you had all these people who aren't drag queens now trying to dance and sing like a yes, Judy Garland. Yes, yes. Yeah. Which is like normally when they do the best friend makeover challenge, it's just runway. Mm-hmm. That's all they have to worry about. But now you have these people who aren't performers having to like dance and, and sing. And it was very distracting and also the least memorable part of this episode. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, so for me, um, the one thing I like, you know, I actually, and I know it's come back to haunt Naomi. You sent me the meme on via text message, but that moment with RuPaul, I love whenever RuPaul gets real and talks to the girls like real people, and they actually have a real interaction. Mm-hmm. When that, I think that advice she gave Manila was such good advice. It actually relates to what you and I just said. You know, where you have to like stick up for yourself or be say something foolish, do it, just but put yourself out there. And I actually really like that moment. Now, I have one. I've never done this before. I have a half like, half dislike. Okay. Okay. RuPaul's look. I loved that it was, I think, a very blatant white diamond Steven Universe reference. Okay. okay. But it looked horrible. It, it, it was so funny. We were telling the, the, in the straight engineer yesterday, uh, before we went on the air, about how beautiful RuPaul is. Because he was like, couldn't believe what the man he was seeing was going to be this beautiful woman. And then she came out on the runway, and he, we were like, he, he actually really liked it. But we were like, oh, my God, she's looked way better. And we were showing him all these pictures during the commercial break of when she's looked better. So it's a half like I, I like the reference to Steven Universe. I'm a big Steven Universe fan. And I, but I dislike how shitty it looked on RuPaul. And then... Finally, and we'll talk about this when we get to it, but I disliked um, this. Fa- I hate whenever RuPaul fake cries. I really do. It's, I think it's the fucking worst. <laughs> she wasn't selling it? Did she sell it to you? I mean, yes, only because you said I hate when RuPaul fake cries. So that just tells me that this isn't the first time she'd done it. Oh, but yeah. this was yeah. the first time I've seen RuPaul cry. Mm-hmm. So I, I bought it. We'll talk more when I get there. About- it was awkward. I didn't, it, it was a little, you know, but it's it's cringy. Like, it's it's cringy when my dad cries, too, yeah. you know, but mm-hmm. uh, it's real. It's just like, I'm like, oh, gosh, like, please yeah. stop. 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 Oh, yeah. You know what? I, let's do this before we go to the break. Cause I don't know if we'll ever get to it. Let's talk about the judges. How did you like Ellen Pompeo? How did you like Francis Bean Cobain? It was good to see Frances being Cobain because she's not somebody that I think about, yeah. but it's so crazy how much she looks like her dad. Yeah. And the whole reference between when RuPaul was holding her as a baby and now she's a full grown woman and this show is in its 11th season. Like, it's just really cool to see that dynamic. Mm-hmm. But as a judge, I didn't really feel like she had a lot to say and neither did Ellen Pompeo. I kind of wish they would stop having celebrity judges unless yeah. they're going to be like actually critical. Well, there are some that are better than others. And I don't know what it repeats. Like, actually, I really liked from this season. I really thought that Gus and Keenan were really good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, they were. But you can tell that they're, like, huge fans of the show. Yes. And But what's funny is there was a a really terrible one named Miles Heiser, I think, last year. Mm -hmm. And he didn't say shit. He was horrible. Just sat there like a bump on a log. And it turned out he was actually a huge, huge, huge super fan, but didn't was intimidated or something. You know, I'm surprised they didn't show that picture of Rue holding Francis. They did. They did win. 
So there was a moment, which is like, it seemed very contrived just to have them show that picture, but they were all putting things in a time capsule. Oh, I was taking notes during the time capsule. Okay. And then they, okay. she put that yes, picture in there? They were putting things in a time capsule and then Francis uh, Bean whole, pulls out that picture of Rue holding oh. her. And like, Here, you can put this in there. But that, that it all seemed, and then everybody else put stupid shit in the time capsule but it all seemed contrived just so they could have that moment where they can explain thank you for yeah hey i held you as a baby once oh because during those dumb joke moments i'll take notes or something like i don't care about Mm -hmm. you know yeah and gus thumb wrestling so i'll I'll be working and taking notes during this i didn't see that oh well thank you for doing that okay Mm -hmm. guys so with that we'll be back right after this break this show is sponsored by better help what would i do for an extra hour in the day I'll tell you, I want to write more. In a, in a, in a previous life, I uh, was a writer, wanted to be a writer, all that jazz, you know, wrote things. And then it seems now that I podcast, which is a, a, a great creative outlet, by the way, I just write less. And well, I do write a lot. I just, I don't know why I'm going on about this. I write less. I don't write creatively as much as I want to. Now it's mostly just writing about RuPaul's Drag Race or whatever's coming up for the show. And if I had an extra hour, I would spend it writing. And that's what I would do with an extra hour. That's what matters to me. But what matters to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. I have benefited very much from therapy. And it's helped me set priorities in my life. Hell, the reason I am a podcaster full time is because of therapy. It helped me realize where my priorities were. And I benefited from therapy, and I think everyone can benefit from therapy, and that's why I think you should give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient. It's designed to be flexible, and you can totally fit it in your own schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Drag Race today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Drag Race. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we're back. After Val's elimination, the girls walk into the workroom to de-drag. Latrice talks about how hard it was to eliminate Valentina. Trinity reveals that she voted for Valentina, and Naomi thanks both queens for allowing her to stay. Trinity makes it clear, though, that she did not spare Naomi because they're friends. Trinity spared Naomi because Trinity wants to win by beating the best. Afterwards, the girls all talk about their scorecards, and Monet seems a little put off by how well Manila and Trinity are doing in the competition. Jamila, your thoughts on this cold open? The girls come back into the workroom. Um, it just seemed like a lot of foreshadowing. Yeah, and it's and it's a lot of um, 
it's 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 clear that nobody has any idea of how they want to play it. But mm-hmm. it was also good to see that uh, there was, you know, it was the general consensus that it was Valentina's time to go. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any like, oh, well, actually, I was going to pick, you know, this person. You know, it wasn't that like it was nice to see that they were both they were all on the same page about sending Valentina home. Mm-hmm. And it was cute to come back and read her. Oh, I have to pack now yeah. message on the mirror. So it just it's it it, it seemed like everybody was just chill on the same page before shit goes crazy in next episode. Well, what's funny, yeah, let's talk about this right here, is there are some really interesting moments because Manila, you know, it comes up towards the end of that conversation where they they, re- they go over the scorecard again, you know? Mm-hmm. And they, we find out that Monet and Trinity have the strongest record. And you can see Monet, the wheels turning in Monet's head. And she's like, huh, and she even says in the confessional right before they go to the to the intro is she says, you know, uh, I'm all about the scorecard, but at a certain point, it's going to be about having to win. And yes. you're like, oh, interesting. Interesante. Yes. And because uh, now we know. See, again, I, I and, and people don't know this or listening at home. We have I, we have a show called The Rumor Mill. And so we talk about spoilers. So everyone who knew what spoilers were, they knew what was coming. So I guess I was watching it with a different eye. I wonder if someone who didn't know what was coming would have picked up on that. But at the same time, you've said this before. There have been times on the rumor mill where things are wrong. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. A little birdie told me recently that uh, the rumors about the finals are wrong. Okay. So there. So even the people. In, so this is exclusive here on this show right now. Even the people in the spoiled drag race community are going to be gagged because they have it wrong. Okay. Yeah. So okay. you know, I go look. It's good for people to be surprised and have the tables. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. Especially when it comes to the finals. Especially when it comes to the finals. Yeah. Because you know, ultimately, it's probably harder to get the rumors out of the finals because it's just. There's fewer people around, fewer people around, fewer people to spill the tea of what's going mm-hmm. on. All right. The next day, the girls walk into the workroom and notice that all of the pictures of RuPaul on the wall have been exchanged for pictures of Judy Garland. They all stand around the work table and wonder what it could all mean. Next, RuPaul enters the workroom and after a brief history lesson on Judy Garland, delivers this week's maxi challenge. The girls are going to be making over their best Judys. And with that, all of the girls' best friends or romantic partners walk into the room. Naomi has her friend, Ricardo. Monique has her best friend, Danny. Monet welcomes her best friend and assistant, Patty. Latrice greets Tim. And Trinity mauls her boyfriend, Leo. And Manila tearfully welcomes her husband, Michael. This week, in addition to their best Judy into their drag sister, uh, in, in addition to turning their best Judy into their drag sisters, the girls are asked to choreograph and perform a tribute to Judy Garland. Okay, at this point, Jamila, I mean, there's not really much to talk about. The girls meet their friends, they hear the challenge. But what are your thoughts? Let me ask, let me rephrase the question this way. What are your thoughts on the concept of the challenge, of people seeing their friends and their lovers again for the first time in a few weeks? What are your thoughts on that? 
I mean, like I said before, Mm -hmm. I think that this because there are a lot of people who don't know, you know, uh, the lingo, the the slang that's in the queer community. Mm -hmm. And so I think that would have been a great opportunity to explain it without the Judy. I just felt like Judy Garland was so random. Mm -hmm. And um, and it was nice that he paid homage to her and we got to see the little like, you know, explanation of her life and how important she was and like how her death coincided with the Stonewall riots. But. But, um, yeah, I just didn't think that there needed to be like an actual Judy Garland tribute challenge. Mm-hmm. It just seemed a little out of place. So my first reaction when all of their best friends came out was just, I wonder how Latrice Royale is going to pull this off because her friends is, is not very fortunate yeah. looking. Okay. Okay. And so I just and I and I just could not see how he would look in drag. So I was really curious about how that was going to happen. And it's funny because I also thought the same thing about Monet's best friend. I was mm-hmm. like, how is this going to work? Mm-hmm. But I, he does kind of look like a little girl. So mm-hmm. I was like, well, maybe he'll have an easier time. And he did. That ended up being my favorite look was just how good he did when he made over his best friend. Okay, I want to address what a couple of things you said. One, you're right. I mean, it was it must have been really hard for Latrice. But look, it's look, it's not like Latrice is the most fortunate looking person either. Yeah, she, that's true. She pulls that's, it off. But you know, the other thing though is um, there have been some in the past. Like for instance, um, a couple of years ago, they made made over the crew, and actually the most yes. popular one was Wintergreen. And you wouldn't think she'd make a good looking drag queen. Well, and, yeah, but also Miss Wintergreen, a big selling point about her was her personality. True. True. But then now, even though this guy is an attractive person, remember the gag of that YouTube influencer when they he had a beard and they turned him around and Miss Cracker had done her makeup and it was yes, like, oh my God, yes, like, yes. like a real woman. And um, so sometimes miracles can happen. I think it depends on the makeup skills of the person. Now, uh, I do have a little bit of a conspiracy theory, though. I'll tell you this. And my conspiracy theory is because there's when when all the the Judys came in, I don't remember which one, but the Judy, the contestant said to their Judy, like, you have a mustache? And I was like, yeah, because the producers told them, grow your facial hair out. They all had facial hair. And I think they wanted that moment I just talked about with that YouTube influencer. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they wanted that moment again. So they wanted all in the show with facial hair, like mustaches and hadn't shaved. Uh, and I think that's what they were going for. And so a little bit of a, a minor conspiracy theory, but I, I think that's what was going on. Because some of them, right. like, they shouldn't have – one of them, I can't remember who's – I think it was Monique's friend, I swear to God, looked like the gay guy from every 1980s HIV video. Or like would be walking to the uh, <laughs> uh, the, sport, uh, the front of an anti-AIDS parade in 1984. Like I have to. I don't even remember Monique's friend. What did he? What did he Monique's like, friend even look like as a boy? Curly blonde hair with a mustache. Yes. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. 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 He looked like always the friend in some in some play about AIDS that's gonna die. You know he. <laughs> He, that's what he just looked like. All, All right. right. Uh, moving on. In the workroom, the girls get reacquainted with their best friends. We learn that Latrice and Tim have been friends for 25 years, and Tim is going to be Latrice's best man. Monet and Patty fool around and kiki with each other. Trinity plays with the wig. Manila and Michael hug a lot, and Naomi teaches Ricardo how to walk in heels. My co-host from last night mentioned that she quoted, Naomi quoted her own song, where I guess she has a song about how to walk in heels. 
Okay. And she was quoting it when they were doing the walk. But uh, what were your thoughts here during this part of the challenge, uh, Jamila? I thought it was cute just because you could tell everybody was really happy to have their best friends there. And I mean, especially the people who had their significant others there. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, Trinity just kept talking about, oh, this is going to be so hard to tuck because he's really like she just kept like she couldn't say that enough. Has she seen Naomi in the workroom? Right. <laughs> right. Like, um, yeah, exactly. can't be bigger than Naomi Smalls. Exactly. But, um, yeah, it was, it was, um, it was just interesting to see everybody's dynamic and how they're best friends. And, um, it was cool to see because you could tell that Monique and her friend, I mean, not sorry, Monique, Monet, Monet and her friend have a very much a, like a, a bestie, but also you could tell that he was the assistant because it wasn't just like okay like do with me what you will it was like i have a say in this and like i you know like i'm gonna tell you when i think that something's not right and that's such an assistant role yeah but Um, we we talked about this last night let's go into this a little bit because they said they were friends first i have a lot i'm gonna had i saved this comment for the table visit but i'll i'll talk about it now is last night it came up was they said they were friends first, and then as Monet got more popular because of season 10, Patty became his assistant. Mm-hmm. Could you ever be an assistant for your friend? Yes, oh, absolutely. Really? If my friend is winning, then it's like it's a no-brainer. It's kind of like when uh, people become celebrities. a lot, And this actually happens a lot when people become celebrities and their sisters or their brothers become their assistant. Mm-hmm. Because it's like you're already family in a sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you want to... You want to... It, it, I think it only works if you're the person who has no ambitions of being a star yourself Mm -hmm. you know if you're like this is my best friend they are killing it Mm -hmm. i want to help them and then at the same time you get to go to all over the world and you get to like be in that in that world of of you know being on stage and being you know in the spotlight but you're you're not you know you're just you're you're assisting excellence and i would love that role i think it would be fine because you really don't have to do as much as your friend yeah you know what's funny is we what we talked about both of us talked about last night was i actually had a friend who was an assistant for her cousin who's famous and Mm -hmm. uh it wasn't a pleasant experience for her i think there is a weird like there's like you're my cousin but yet also my boss and that can get weird well, yeah. that's, I mean, but that's the thing is that, like, you also have to realize that you're being paid. Yeah. You know, if you're being paid, as anytime money comes into the situation, things have to change from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I am here to do a job. And um, even if you're bossing me around, I have to kind of roll with it because I'm being paid to be here. Mm-hmm. No, it makes sense. Uh, but the other thing, what I was going to bring up during the table visit, but I'll bring up now is Monet says, to RuPaul during the table visit, you know, like, oh, Bob introduced us, and then we became friends, and then ever since you made me famous on season 10, I'm like, wait a minute, by this point, season 10, like, season 10 is just finished when they recorded this, like, it literally had just finished airing, so, really, Monet's been famous for, like, two or three months, like, why would she need an assistant at this stage, or if she does, like, he's only been your assistant for a little bit. Like, yes. It, it been so you're weird. so you're questioning you're not questioning whether she needs an assistant because she's been famous for no. so little. No. You're questioning how long they've been friends. 
I think they've been friends for a while, but I just think maybe... You know, I was actually thinking about this um, because I wouldn't be surprised if you're a drag queen. I think they wanted amateurs, people who weren't drag queens, okay? But I wouldn't be surprised if you're a drag queen like Monet or if you're like a drag queen like Manila. Let's actually take Manila and Trinity, where they had to use their partners because they don't have any non-drag queen friends. Mm-hmm. Like, actually, they're probably their real, like, Monet's real best Judy is Bob the Drag Queen. But right. Bob the Drag Queen already won, and he's a drag queen. They want people who've never done drag. So I think that's the pickle they were in. It's like, well, who the fuck are we going to get for Monet? His best, his assistant? You know, I think that's kind of, pro- I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doubting that they're friends. But let me put it this way. If Bob introduced them, wouldn't Bob already be closer? Or they became so close in that short amount of time? Um, I've stolen people's friends before. Mm-hmm. Like I've I've had people introduce me to their friend, and then me and that friend hit it off even more than the friend that introduced us. Um, so I mean that that is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think and I thought if you were questioning why he needed an assistant, like when season ten just ended, I feel like sometimes that's the time when you need it the most because it's kind of like you're shot out of a cannon. Yeah. Very good. You point. go you go from like just doing clubs to just having everybody know who you are that's that can be crazy there was a time when i i'm not going to get into why i knew this but i knew who the season 10 queens were before anybody in the world okay Mm -hmm. and i remember going specifically to blair st Clair's twitter the night before the it was going to come out okay because even reddit up in, okay, let me, rephrase, let me rephrase. Before Reddit found out about Blair St. Clair, Blair St. Clair was the last person they found out about, okay? Mm-hmm. And even before, right before Reddit found out, before it was announced, I would look at her Twitter and she had literally like 75 followers. And I was like, oh my goodness, she doesn't even know what she's in for. So she's a Hollywood queen? Uh, Blair St. Clair? Yeah, I mean like as far as not from Hollywood but performs a lot there. No, why? Oh, okay. No, because you said you've see, like you knew her, you'd seen her. No, I never um, seen her before. I I knew she was going to be on the show. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. I knew she was going to be on the show from Inside T that I had. So I was just I was just kind of trolling her Twitter, and it right. was just like seventy five followers, and then all of a sudden it blew up. You know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the timing. I'm like, and and so it must be weird knowing like tomorrow this is going to come out, and I'm going to be super famous in the gay world. No one knows yet. Mm-hmm. And you have to sit on that for months. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Because yeah. it's like you've you've already essentially done it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on. All right. During RuPaul's table visits, Monique and Danny have a great have great noses. Also, there's a weird uh, emotional moment between Monique and, and RuPaul. Leo has a big dick, as we're reminded. Monet is shaving Patty's brows off. Manila wants to teach her husband what it's like to be in drag. Naomi's hands are shaking, and Tim and Latrice. Sewed their outfits, uh, sewed Latrice's outfits when Latrice got out of jail. Jamila, your thoughts about RuPaul's visits with all these queens? I thought the Latrice moment was the most emotional. Mm. That to me, that was the most emotional. Like I never heard that story before, Mm -hmm. and just seeing like two friends who had been friends for almost, you know, most of my life span. Like they they really have a history, and to know that like. At one point, Latrice had nothing, and this mm-hmm. was the person who helped her out. I felt like that was way more emotional than what RuPaul actually ended up crying about. Well, okay, this I, I'm going to break it down in little moments. I feel every 
moment between Tim and Latrice was very real, very organic, very authentic. And here's what I'll even say. I think RuPaul was speaking from an authentic place, felt herself getting emotional and choked up. I think that part was real. And then Mm -hmm. she was like, oh, this is going to be good TV if I cry. And so then she artificially tried to push it over. But it just sounds really fake. Like, she's done it before. There was an episode um, where, I think it's when Roxy Andrews talked about um, being left at the bus stop. Yes. And she goes, you know, we as gay people, we get to choose our families. Right? What, my, my favorite quote about that is she says, and, and we're your family. And I'm like, meanwhile, she doesn't know your name. She's not going to return your calls. <laughs> I don't know what she's talking about. We're your family. But, uh, yeah, so... I, it's that one moment where she tries to push it into like, I'm going to get another fucking Emmy, bitch. And this is my Emmy moment. And I was like, come on, RuPaul. Come on. You're not good at this. Just be choked mm-hmm. up and be in the moment. What's funny is I looked at it a second time and you can see Latrice and Tim when she's choked up. They're not even emotional. They're just staring at her like, what the fuck's wrong with this bitch? Why is she crying? She wasn't there. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then my favorite thing, too, was I love seeing fat people hug. Because, like, their stomachs come up against each other and their arms are too short to, like, hug. And so they have to, like, lean. It's really strange, but that's what I saw with Latrice and Tim hugging. And I thought it was very special. It's like me when – it's like when me and my co-host Lori Roggen camp hug. It's uh, it's pretty fantastic. All my right. Lips, I'm not saying shit. <laughs> uh, oh, do you want to see oh, – You said also, it. No, I yeah, did no, it. No, I know. I, I, not, I, I look in the mirror. I know what people see. Now, Jamila. Yes. Did you have anything else to say about these table bo- moments? Yeah, um, I thought that, um, like, when you said RuPaul forcing the crying thing a little bit more just Mm -hmm. to, you know, add some drama, I thought it was interesting with Naomi's table talk Mm -hmm. where Naomi was just like, oh, you know, I'm just a little nervous. And she was like, why? And she's like, oh, you know, just just a a little nervous. I'm going to push you harder on this. I'm going to push harder on this. Like, what what are you really afraid of? What are you really afraid of? And then Naomi had to be like, oh, well, I'm afraid afraid of saying something dumb it's like what you know it just it felt like she was like pushing and then naomi felt like she had to say something and then she's like well just do it just be silly it just seems way too late to be having this conversation Mm -hmm. and um yeah it just seemed late and i think that also when you're on tv i think you should be conscious of what you're saying and what you're projecting i think you should be natural and authentic but you should always be aware that's how you avoid scandals and controversy you i think that's i've heard other queens talk about this and and i could see this being with naomi too where it's very intimidating when you're in the workroom and rupaul this person you looked up to is standing right there talking to you and there's a camera on you and it always hits you where you are and i think the but you don't get... think by this time that's like they're over that no because i think they have very very little interaction with rupaul and it's becoming less and less every season so okay. i think i think she still gets nervous i actually bought into that because she says i'm very intimidated by you i think i think rupaul is a very intimidating person especially to these drag queens because i don't know if you mm-hmm. how much you keep up to root with rupaul in the RuPaul's Drag Race in the offseason, but like there was this moment in the offseason where Pearl talked about, uh, did you hear about this on Hey Queen TV when she said that uh, during season 7, she was trying to explain why she was so shitty on season 7, and she said early Sorry. on she had a moment with RuPaul where they, they had to change the battery on the camera and she told Ru, 
you know, uh, I just want you to know I look up to you and I've always looked up to you and what you mean for the community. And Roots told her, shut her up and said, what you say doesn't matter unless these cameras are on. And Mm. that really gave her a negative sort of vibe from RuPaul. But uh, you hear like very intimidating stories from RuPaul and how she doesn't really interact with the queens when the cameras aren't rolling. Well, I mean, I guess like RuPaul, for me at least, especially someone who started watching Drag Race really late, um, RuPaul as a historical, like legendary figure aside, I think if you just look at the show, the queens, the contestants are always bigger than the judges to me. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like, just based on the show, the queens are way bigger and way more, like, iconic to me than RuPaul is. Even if you look at um, the funniest moments of RuPaul's Drag Race, if you look at the funniest, like, um, uh, just catchphrases, even this episode, RuPaul was like, get those nuts away from my face. Like, to me, the queens have just become bigger than the judges and that's mm-hmm. completely different than a show like you know american idol or the voice where it's like the contestants are just like whatever that's yeah. just they're just sort of an excuse to have a show mm-hmm. and it's all about the judges you know so that's why i just i i see rupaul and i'm just like oh it's you know oh it's the she's the ryan seacrest <laughs> of the show well i think maybe just, with someone with bianca who's older or maybe the older queens who have success maybe but Naomi's still a baby i think she's only what 25 yeah 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 She's really young still, so... All right, uh, it's Elimination Day, and let's... Oh, you know, I want to talk about one more thing. Monique actually had a very similar moment with RuPaul, uh, where, you know, where Monique got to have a tender moment with RuPaul, and I think that was really nice to see, you know, sharing... Here's what my experience has been like, and RuPaul interacting with her in a very deep, emotional way. And also talking about how Monique had a shitty look on her face when they're doing the judging which I thought was kind of fun, but yet brought out a real moment. Okay, it's Elimination Day, and Latrice explains to Tim the drama of the competition. Monet shaves Patty's brows. Manila throws shade at Latrice about her facial hair. Manila is turned on by her husband in drag. Tim is a beast. Trinity tucks her boyfriend the way she tucked Rizzo on the makeover episode. Jamila, your thoughts on Elimination Day? No real big mirror moments, but um, but it was fun nonetheless to see them getting into drag, seeing their, the results. What were your talk? What were your thoughts? Um, yeah, I can't think of anything I'd ever shave my eyebrows for. <laughs> yeah. But um, Patty with the red hair looked the least crazy because, you know, being a redhead, her her eyebrows were already kind of blonde, kind mm-hmm. of, you know, like camouflaged with her face a little mm-hmm. bit. So that was the least uh, dramatic uh transition i thought it was really cute seeing manila's husband how like happy he looked Mm -hmm. when he was full makeup Mm -hmm. i thought that was really cool and um yeah uh you know because like in that part of the workroom you hadn't really seen everybody put together yet Mm -hmm. and uh we didn't know what people were going to do because sometimes when they're in their workroom they talk through their plan they're like okay well i think we're going to give them this or i think we're going to go for like a this look nobody was really saying anything about what they were going to do so at Mm -hmm. this point i was still kind of like Okay, I'm seeing some faces, but I don't really know what people are yeah. going to actually put together. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't show any reveals or anything. Yeah, because I mean, like, I feel like in a normal episode, without that stupid Judy Garland challenge, <laughs> you would have had Naomi uh, saying. I mean, she did say like, "I think I'm going to do a little boy drag," but usually mm-hmm. she would have probably been like, "I'm thinking I'm going to do some kind of ode to Sunny and Cher." You know, like mm-hmm. she would have been a little bit more like 
transparent about what she was going to do. And so with the other queens, but I think there just wasn't enough time in the show for that. No, you're right. And, uh, but I, but I wish they would have focused more on that. Then, then I feel we got a lot of the same thing about, you know, Leo's big dick and, and, and showing yes. us, it was a long time of watching people tuck. At this point, like, I need know. to see Leo's dick. Cause <laughs> I just, <laughs> honestly, I find Leo very awkward. And so I don't, I think his dick would be very awkward. Like awkward. How, like, what do you think it looked like? I bet you he's look. Okay, I bet you. Okay, here's my real take. This is just looking at Leo, right? And I and I could see myself being sort of like a penis whisperer. Mm-hmm. Is I he seems like someone who has a long dick, but like a really thin shaft with an oversized head. Mm, yes, I know that's, the type. Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking. And okay. like, doesn't shave his bush. Uh, why do you think he doesn't shave his bush? He looks like someone who doesn't shave his bush. Okay. And I, think, but I think I could see Trinity being in the length. I don't I don't see him as a girthy dick. Right. Where it's just like you you like the fear of God is in you. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to take this. It's just kind of like, oh, this is really, really, really nice mm-hmm. and long. So, yeah. Are you a yeah, size yeah. queen? I have, I've known girlfriends who are size queens. You, you know, the, it, to a lot of girls, like, it doesn't matter. But are you a size queen? Um, no, I would say that it really depends on the person because I have been with people who were super hung, Mm -hmm. but didn't know what they were doing. And Mm -hmm. so it's just kind of like, ah, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not enjoying this at all. Mm -hmm. And then I've been with people who are like on the smaller side, but just really, really good in bed and like, will find a way to hit walls that you didn't even know that they could hit. So, um, yeah, it, it doesn't matter to me. It really depends on the person. Well, yeah, but you know, I've always. But I just I can't imagine Naomi Smalls being bad. No, no. As you famously wrote in the in the workroom last week, you want Naomi to um, rearrange your guts. Rearrange my guts. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. And I know that's never going to happen, but a girl can dream. You can dream. Speaking of, over on Patreon, our supporters received an extra long version of last week's episode listen to alternative views on the competition from people of color called reclaiming our time jamila uh got the latest rumors tea and speculation heard analysis on the first batch of the new season 11 queens got special flair for our new drag race recap subreddit received an advanced notice about the youtube page took a by the way youtube page you gotta subscribe Okay, and you'll get notifications when we go live. YouTube.com slash C slash Drag Race Recap. Plug for that. No, it doesn't cut. You don't have to be a Patreon. Doesn't anything. You can go right. In fact, you can go right now for free, Jamila, and watch the hour and 40 minute thing that we did on YouTube yesterday. It's a whole thing. I'm going to. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to. But. That Patreon thing seems like a really good deal. <laughs> Thank you, Jamila. Uh, took a poll to influence the direction of the show. Received brand new content every day of the week in their podcast week app. Next week, co-host Evan Ayers and I will be joined for our, by our own personal best duties for the rumor mill. And Lori Roggenkamp and I will launch our recap of Drag Race Thailand. By the way, I'm going to show it to you after the show, uh, Jamila. We also got the artwork for our forthcoming show. It'll be released this week, actually, for Dragula. Have you ever heard of Dragula? I have not. Oh, actually, you know what? No, I heard you talking about it. It's like this B-level drag race show that it comes on what channel? It's on Amazon Prime right now, but it comes on okay. like a Canadian channel. You can get on. It started on YouTube, then uh, Out TV in Canada got it, and now you can watch the, all the seasons on Amazon Prime. It's basically like uh, uh, an alternative scary version of drag. 
Okay. They don't want to be compared to Sharon Needles, but think uh, but for you but think Sharon Needles could host it essentially. Oh, Sharon Needles could totally host it. But the but it's hosted by the Boulet brothers who uh they're fierce, they're fierce. And so uh yeah. So uh so okay, all this and more can be yours for only three dollars a month. To join, visit patreon.com slash drag race recap. Yes, that's right. That's patreon.com slash drag race recap. Join at the three dollar level, the all you can eat level, and that'll all be yours. Okay, uh Jamila, we're gonna take a break right here and we will be back to talk about Judy Garland and the looks. Okay, we're back. Let's talk about that Judy Garland number, Jamila. What were what was your hot take there? Hated it. Yeah. It was just terrible. It was just a waste of my time. And it wasn't even like a uh a big group challenge where they all had to hold their own and mm-hmm. get the judges to look at them while everyone's on stage. It was just them and their rhythmless best friends and all wearing the same thing. Uh, I think I said this before. Like, if they had each gotten to choose a different Judy Garland look, mm-hmm. that could have made for something interesting. Mm-hmm. But the song was terrible. It was really awkward to watch. Yeah. Um, they were all wearing the same thing, so it was boring. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't even really remember it all that well because it wasn't memorable. Like, or you're, it's not going to be something that anybody's going to talk about in future seasons. No, no, no. It, you know what's funny? Speaking of Judy Garland, they did, um, they did a Wizard of Oz challenge, and they did like an again a very similar thing for the Judy Garland. Challenge, but they had some weird Wizard of Oz number that was pointless. It was so stupid, and you're like, why did they even do this? It was so dumb. This was so awful. It was pointless. I'll be honest with you, I was just working on the script when it happened last night. Like, I was just like, oh, this is dumb. And I, I, I rewatched it again today to see if I missed anything. I didn't miss anything. It was horrible. I don't know why they do these horrible numbers. Any other thoughts, thoughts on it, Jamila? No. Okay, so let's talk about <laughs> the looks. Um, do you have any big thoughts? I'm going to go through them one by one. Do you remember them? Do you want me to send you a link where you can look at them? Uh, yeah, that works. Send you a link where you can look at them? Yes. How are we going to do that here? Copy link address. I'm going to send it to you in Google Hangouts. Yes. Uh-huh. I'm ready. Oh, wait. I stupidly closed that Google Hangouts window. I mean, I was able to call the top two before the judges did. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Well, here we go. We're gonna, I'm going to send it to you right now. Here we go. I'm going to send it to you right... In fact, you know, I'm going to stop the music. Tell me when you have it open. Mm-hmm. I have it open. You have the looks open already? Oh, no, I don't. Oh, I yeah, have yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. And I'm, I'm going to edit this out. And then we'll start all over. I see the bubbles, the typing bubbles. Okay, bam. Okay, tell me. It's going to be like, it's going to take you to a Twitter page where you can just look at the actual video of the looks. And so tell me when you're ready to go. Okay. Da, 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 da. It's loading. Gotcha. Okay, I am ready. Okay, let's do it right here. Okay. All right, Jimmy, let's talk about the looks. All right. Uh, the first up one is we had a whoa. The audio. Sorry, sorry. No, that's, that's me. Sorry, that's, sorry. That's I have to mute it. No, that's one hundred percent me. All right. Yeah. Um. All right. The first one up we have is Latrice Royale and Alexis Knight. Your thoughts? Uh, it's so. You see how wooden, <laughs> how wooden <laughs> she is. Yeah. It's so crazy because it's like she has these skinny ass legs yeah. and just it's huge up top and. 
I mean, this is the point where you're like, you have to be uncomfortable for a little bit. So like put a shaper on her, like, you know, like pat her butt a little bit more. Mm -hmm. It, It just... It's just really awkward. But, and then why is she wearing... Uh, Latrice Royale is so weird. Why is her friend wearing white tights? Oh, Like, yeah, why isn't point. she wearing, like, flesh-colored tights? It's the same thing. It's the same criticism I had when Latrice Royale wore that, like, flesh-colored bodysuit with cutouts. But it wasn't her skin tone. So she just looked crazy. I just, I just don't understand her tastes sometimes or why i would have i don't know she couldn't have given because here's the deal they don't really look like family members not just the skin color but like there's no i think monique is sort of believe it or not even though the share one is great monique's outfit is actually the the standard i'm going to hold them to where they work together mm-hmm. this one they don't they don't what they both have big blonde hair yeah, and she's just the church tights are killing me. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. oh, they look so terrible. And I mean, you know, honestly, they just really look like um two old queens. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah two old eighties queens. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Uh like they're gonna do a really shitty karaoke cover of It's Raining Men. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh I'm gonna give it a boot. What about you? A boot. Alright, here we go. Next up is Monique Hart and Shanita Hart. Your thoughts, Jamila? I give it a two. I thought it was so cute. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very, like she said, avant-garde. I love the little winky thing. They didn't mm-hmm. have to do it 20 times. Yeah. I, I got it. <laughs> yeah. But um, but I thought it was really cute. And it looked like the uh, the little lips are like throwing up legs. Mm-hmm. And oh, and you know what? And I just realized that it's pink. In the middle, they're like both of their inner legs are pink because it's like supposed to resemble like a tongue, I guess. But I just I thought it was really playful, really fun, and it's a great way to look like family, to look related when you're of two different races. Exactly, because then you're focused on the costume, not necessarily the skin color. Also, it reminds me a lot of you know we were just talking about the Boulet brothers and Dragula. Whenever you see them, they their outfits complement each other like this. So when they stand together, okay. it forms like a complete whole. So that's something you often see with the Boulet brothers. Okay, so we both give it a toot. Next up, we have Manila Luzon and Ayo Wife Luzon. Uh, go ahead, Jamila. What do you think? Hold on. Let me skip to them. I'm still on Monique. Okay, so um, I think Frances Bean Cobain said it best when she said it looked like a Grecian, a plain white Grecian dress, and they just stuck these little accessories on them, these little crown accessories. I think the concept is great, Mm -hmm. but I think the execution was really boring. And I definitely think that she deserved to be on the bottom for this. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, just really boring. Just seemed like something that like you would get at the Halloween store. Yeah. When I watched it last night on YouTube, I was giving it all this praise, but when I watched it, because when I was watching it in the studio, it was on a TV far away, and I was kind of half watching it and taking notes, and I liked it more then. When I watched it on HD, in, I'm sorry, in HD today on a TV that was closer to me, I was like, oh, this looked kind of, I don't know if cheap's the right word, but like not as the same kind of quality we've been expecting from Manila. Yeah, and the thing is that Manila's whole thing is why we love her so much is because she's over the top. Yeah. She does like almost too much sometimes but it's like she 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 pushes it there mm-hmm. and with this it was like it was 
so stark white there was just Mm -hmm. so much it was just white robes that she really could have had taken that concept of like queen of hearts and queen of clubs Mm -hmm. or sorry queen of diamonds and queen of clubs and really did a lot with it and she just didn't yeah um, I completely 100% agree with you. Uh, the one thing I won't agree with the judges, though, is when they said that they didn't look like family. I actually think makeup-wise, she did a good job making them look related. So I don't know if I necessarily yeah. agreed totally with that. Because even if the outfit looked cheap, it it, it worked together. It could have it, been sister. It was the same yeah, theme. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Okay. So you give it a boot or a toot. Um, I give it. Uh, what's the what's in between a boot and a toot? I forget what it's called between in between a boot and a toot. Um, a, a boot. There's there is a word for it. I can't remember what it is. We'll say a ha- we'll say a bamoot. A bloot. They'll yes, tell us in the chat a- room when they hear it in fifteen seconds. <laughs> it's a bloot for me. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Next up, we have Naomi Smalls and Extra Smalls. Jamila. Oh my god. Wait, Jamila, you're gone. What happened? Sorry, right. I dropped my mic. Yeah, um, I so dropped shocked. my mic because yeah. it was so stunning. Yeah, I just exactly. couldn't believe it. <laughs> I thought when Naomi came, when Naomi first came out, I was just like, "Oh no, this is so bad." Two shares. Mm-hmm. Well, it was two shares, but her friend share extra smalls looked amazing yeah. and then naomi just had this bad wig on and i was just like what is this and then just this pantsuit but the second she took it off i was like okay okay what's happening what's mm-hmm. happening and then she stuck on the mustache and i was like yes like she just pulled it out and so i i loved it i love the the finished product but at the same time i think i um I think I heard a spoiler that um, that Naomi Smalls was making over a friend and that they their in look was going to be a Sunny and Cher look. And I remember being so confused because I was like, wait a minute. I thought this was a Judy Garland episode. So that was a little weird to make a reference to another celebrity mm-hmm. in another celebrity themed episode, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I don't know what Judy Garland she could have done, but... Um, but yeah, I thought that was a little weird, but I thought the look was great. And, um, I'm going to give it a toot. Oh yeah. It's a big toot. Um, I was a big fan. And also we learned the mustache borrowed from Manila Luzon. <gasps> yes. They say that. And that, and that, re- that re- we'll talk about that during the deliberations, but that reminds me a lot mm-hmm. of the, the AS, the all-stars two shirt, Roxy's shirt. I yes. Remember that. Yeah. Okay, uh, they're still dancing on the stage. Okay, coming up next, we have... All right, leave the stage, Cher and Naomi. Okay, here we go. All right, let, oh, up next, we have Trinity the Tuck and Indigo the Tuck. Your thoughts here, Jamila? I thought that they looked really together. Like, they looked... I'm not a huge fan of the look, but what I like about Trinity is that you know whatever she's going to give you is is not going to be messy. It's going to be clean. It's going to be together. It's going to be polished. And so they were probably... Because even though I like Naomi's look a lot, mm-hmm. I feel like Monet and Trinity's look were the most polished. Okay. Yeah, I, I give it a toot. Um, I give it a toot more because of the effort that I know was put into it and less about the look. Okay, I, I understand the logic there. I give it a boot. I think uh, Leo's very awkward. Uh, they sh- she should have focused more on teaching him how to walk in heels and walk and not looking awkward than right. the tuck and talking about his big dick. But um, I also wasn't a big fan of the look. It just seemed like... 
crazy Southern woman who's racist at Walmart. <laughs> well, you know how, like, uh, you know how, um, how Alyssa Edwards is always talking about, like, I'm going to give you rich white woman. Yeah. And, like, that's what I feel like this is. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, it is opulence. Not my kind of opulence, yeah. but it's 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 clean and it looks good. I mean, I I think I think they look very together, and you you definitely can tell they're related. There's definitely a relation between the two. Mm-hmm. Okay, next up we have Monet Exchange and Patty Cash. Ah, oh, these bitches! They look so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Like looked really good, and the thing, the best thing about it is that like there is a real transformation for uh for Patty Cash because mm-hmm. she looks nothing like she did as a boy. And I thought that maybe Monet would go the easy way out and choose a red wig. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I thought that she would try to match her, mm-hmm. whereas she was just like, no, like I'm gonna turn you out. Yeah. And I think that this is like at some point, I think it might have been like two episodes ago. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was a real turning point for Monet and fashion where I went from being like, oh okay, she stepped up her game. Like she's she, you know, she's actually like trying mm-hmm. to being like, oh, she's killing it. And this outfit, that cat suit she looked really good. I want to borrow it. Oh, wow, you do. Yeah, I loved it. But wait, but why don't you have a problem with her white tights? Oh, I do. Oh, okay. But they match her face. Uh, so... <laughs> yeah, you're right. I don't know. It just She just looks like a really pale person versus someone who's wearing white tights. Like, doesn't it kind of, like, if you look at her face, doesn't it kind of look like her skin? It does. No, it looks exactly like her skin, which is almost kind of creepy because it's so, it's so white white yeah yeah but at the same time it's kind of giving me dita von Teese a little bit because when you look at dita you're just kind of like wow this is a really pale chick mm-hmm. um so yeah like, i i i it didn't bother me as much all right well there you go that's the looks all right on the main stage the, co- the comments were generally positive except for manila who the girls didn't like because they compared manila to previous manila looks the girls, the judges didn't like because they compared Manila to previous Manila. Latrice and her partner weren't spared either. And what seems like Riga Morris, the two best Judies, Manila and Latrice, are in the bottom two and have to plead their cases to the top two queens who are Monet Exchange and Naomi Smalls. Later, when their best Judies come into the room, Michael and Tim cry that they let their friends down and Latrice finds herself comforting everyone. Back on the main stage, Monet and Naomi go head-to-head in a lip-sync battle for their legacies. The song... Come Rain or Come Shine by Judy Garland. Naomi Smalls finally was named the winner of a challenge, and in the end, one of the, in one of the most controversial moments of the season, which I'm sure we're going to spend a lot of time talking about, Naomi Smalls eliminated Manila Luzon from the competition. Jamila, give us your final thoughts on the season. Break everything down from the main stage on to the end. Well, can I just say one thing? Yeah, you can say a lot of You're things. really good at writing copy. Thank you. Like really good. Oh wow! Thank you. I'm so flattered. Yeah. What somebody, I, it's a day I need. It's kind of flattery. Oh, thank you. I do have a job. It's, it's working for the <laughs> with the wonderful people here on Patreon, who who I have to say, they they have they feel so close to me. They have no problem telling me exactly how they feel about every single aspect of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, so um the final final moments. First of all, the lip sync. I was wondering why Monet wasn't doing more. 
Like, yes, yes the final I, gag with mm-hmm. the umbrella was like beautiful and it looked great with her with her cat suit. Mm-hmm. But you need to match Naomi's energy because but there's a conspiracy theory that she threw it. Oh. Because she knew that they were both. Because, okay, so uh, this is not a spoiler because it's out there in the public. But in the preview for next week, someone has taken a screenshot from the preview, okay, and it shows the lipstick on the table, mm-hmm. and that Monet also chose Manila. <gasps> so, oh, yeah. And, right. then, and people were mad about spoilers. Sorry, that it's it's from the first one minute of the show next week, and it's out there. It's already it's out there in the public. It's not like something hasn't been released. But you know, I feel like well, I know that this didn't happen. There's no way that this could have happened. But I feel like in my imagination, if Monet and and Naomi got together and was like, "Girl, I picked." I pick Manila. I pick Manila too. Uh-huh. Well, which one of us is going to send her home? Yeah. I feel like Naomi would have been like, girl, I'll do it. Yeah. You know? And I feel like she was lip syncing. Like she had no problem. Like she, uh, it was everything. Mm-hmm. And you know that if you win, you're going to have to be the one to send someone home. Yeah. But I think Naomi at this point just doesn't care. She just wants to shine. Yeah. And well, she hadn't had that shine chance. she did. Yeah. She she needed to do it to shine because she's been she's been lost in the show and I think she realizes that you know we talked about this in the show last night and I'll say it again Naomi the spirit she brought to the lip sync was much more in line with Judy Garland than just standing there you know being very theater and like finding your light like Judy Garland was very frenetic and energetic yes. and all over the place it was more Judy it was uh, to me I felt like the lip sync was a bigger tribute to Judy Garland than the challenge was yes yes Unf- I don't know why they because it, it's from a legendary Judy Garland album it's when she was live at Carnegie Hall which by the way is an incredible album because mm-hmm. again Judy Garland if you've never heard it Jamila you should at least listen listen once oh I have I have it's like it's the it's actually probably the one Judy Garland album that yeah. I have heard it's the one Judy Garland album everyone should hear you know but you don't think you need anything else but uh she she talks to the audience she's very real she has a real connection with the audience and and she messes up words and she doesn't she just keeps going but um yeah she 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 had that kind of energy and naomi totally captured it and, and you're i don't know why they picked that particular song because there's better numbers from that album to pick but mm-hmm. i don't know it was it, that was a strange choice but and the cuts were really weird and, and what's funny is they have on the album i'm actually looking at it right now there are some very short songs she has some songs there's one here that's only a minute and 59 seconds and it's a it's a fast number like they so they could have picked an up-tempo one minute 59 second one that they and probably half of that's applause you know, yeah. So right. I don't know. It was it was a weird choice for the song. But uh, any other thoughts on the lip sync? Do you, you do you buy into that Monet threw it? Um, I mean, it would make sense just because I've seen Monet give better performances where mm-hmm. Monet is all over the stage, and usually in a lip sync, it's two people vying for the attention. And I mm-hmm. felt like it wasn't that. Like if you if you had to just judge it straight on lip syncing, Monet mm-hmm. did a really good job, but she didn't look like somebody who was trying to win it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what, now let, let me ask you this. Do you think there was any kind of rigamorous to put the two best friends in the show in the bottom on the best Judy episode? Mm. But here's the weird thing. Wouldn't you say that 
Who else would you put in the bottom? They they really were the two worst looks. They really were the two worst looks. I think it just kind of happened that way. Because, I mean, you know, like, I'm I'm always down to shout conspiracy mm-hmm. in the middle of a room. But I just don't think I they, they really were the worst looks of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I also just have to mention that Naomi looked stunning oh, in that yeah. green dress. Mm-hmm. She just looked like money. Yeah. I, oh, I loved it. She looked fantastic. I was, I was a big fan as well. Uh, okay, so let's get to it. So they name Latrice and Manila as the bottom two. Okay, and now Monet and Naomi have to talk to the girls backstage, and they have to plead. And Manila and Latrice have to plead their cases. There, there was speculation they talked about in the rumor mill that that Manila, because we knew she was going to go home, that Manila was going to like throw the towel in and tell them to vote her out, but that didn't mm-hmm. happen. What were your thoughts on this deliberation moment? Because now we're, we're going to a very big moment in the season, you know? Yeah. Uh, what were your thoughts on that deliberation before they do the, the, the elimination? I just remember at one point, Manila was talking to Naomi. And she said something to the effect of, you know, even if I, even yes. if this is my last day on Drag Race and I never come back again, I have a great life outside of here and I have an amazing husband and I have a, and I was like, that's not what you say when you're trying to stay, yeah. girl. Like, what are you, what are you doing? You're basically saying like, if you send me home, I'm going to be okay, which is like, that's true. I mean, like, that's what I've been saying for the longest time. Like when, when, but I say that when fans get upset, you know, when fans are like, oh my gosh, like you kicked off my favorite person. I'm like, well, it's not like they're being sent out to pasture to get shot. Like they're going to be fine outside of the show. But Mm -hmm. if you're trying to convince someone to let you stay, that's just not what you, this is not what you say. Um, so I thought that that was a little weird and she just seemed like the kind of person who was like, you know, I know this decision is hard for you. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, don't worry about me. And that's just, yeah, it was, it was a little weird. Now, considering, considering that I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. I want to get to something that Monet says in one of the confessionals and she's, she's actually talking about Latrice here, but she says she makes this comparison to a cooking competition and don't talk about uh, a dish you cooked a month ago uh i want to know what you cook today you know that's Mm -hmm. what you're judged on but that's the thing that that's what frustrates me now before for the record before i make an argument against monet is i'm against the scorecard version of voting people out anyway because you land up in these predicaments because right. if you remember the top of the show, Manila and Latrice, I'm sorry, Manila and Trinity, you found out they're way ahead of everybody else. So right. if you do a scorecard version of the show, well, then everybody should just go home because there's no way at this stage, there's only two episodes left after today, that anyone's going to catch up to these girls. But at the same time, if you don't do a scorecard of the show, if... um. If Trinity lands in the bottom on episode three, you can just mm-hmm. get her out of there. Yeah. You know, which just seems, which I mean, I guess is like all fair and love and war, but that, I don't think that would make for an interesting show. You're I like right. that it's kind of like now it's like, you know, it's not like we're watching uh, a show with like all the bottom queens and the top queens at the top. Everybody, for the most part, is a top queen. And so I feel like that's more interesting. So I feel like I think at a certain point you got, I think you should do the scorecard 
up to a certain point, and then you got to say, okay, this is episode seven. We're throwing that out. Okay, I, I would be fine with that. I'd be fine with that. Or what if they did a – I don't know. And I mean, honestly, I think that's essentially what Naomi did. You know, like now she's like, okay, girls, I know we were doing it that way. But now that I got the girl and I feel like, honestly, I feel like Manila gave her permission to do it Mm -hmm. because that was Manila's argument the entire time when she thought about when she thought about possibly sending. um, Who was it? Was it Trinity or Valentina? Was it that who it was? Manila was like going to send home. It was Valentina. Mm -hmm. And Trinity, Trinity talked her out of it. Right, and Trinity talked her out of it, right. So, like, that was... Trinity was down to play that game, or Manila was down to play that game from the beginning anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I felt like like Naomi just kind of ripped the bandage off and said, all right, like, no rules from here on out. Yeah. But, uh, but now let me ask you, I'm going to take a little nitpicky moment. There's that part where we learn that, that Naomi got the mustache from Manila. Now, in All-Stars 2, there was a hit big... You know, how blah, 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 whatever that word is. I can't talk right now. There was a big hubbub because um, Alaska saved Roxy because Roxy lent her a shirt. Okay. And mm-hmm. do you think that Naomi, I'm not saying yes or no here, but do you think that Naomi owed Manila anything because Manila helped her with the mustache? No. Okay. I don't. I don't. I think that, um, I think that she still had to sell it. She still had to, because a, 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 like a mustache doesn't make Sunny and and share. I mean, I know you need the mustache to be Sunny and share, but it's still there's a lot of more elements to why she won. And I feel like you know, if you, it's kind of like when you. I've always been told that like when you help someone, you don't do it with any expectations. Yeah. Even when you let people borrow money, like you know, you should only give enough money that you don't expect back you know and i feel like yeah she helped her out but that doesn't mean she should expect to be saved and also latrice was the one who spared her in the last episode and i feel like i have more loyalty to someone who didn't cut me from the competition than i have loyalty to someone who let me borrow you know, facial hair. Yeah, so that was my next question. My next question was, did Naomi owe anything to Latrice for not eliminating her the previous week? I mean, I don't think she owed it to her, Mm -hmm. but I do think it counts for something, you know, because Valentina versus Naomi is a really tight race. That's a really tight race, and she really could have went either way. Mm -hmm. But she, and even, you know, when Latrice was talking to her, she said, she was like, I brought you back because I feel like you still had shit to do mm-hmm. and look at you like look, you you won you know and if she had a if she had to cut her she would have gone home with no wins mm-hmm. so because she kept her she at least has a win she got to do that amazing lip sync i mm-hmm. feel like she doesn't owe her for keeping her on the show but a, a little bit of you has to feel like you probably do mm-hmm all right, very good point. I uh, I agree. Uh, it, it's a tricky thing, and, and that's why you know when you watch the YouTube show, if you go there, like I kind of gloss over the elimination because I, I kind of feel Naomi did what she had to do. Like, look, either way, she's in a in a here's the deal: she's in a fucked up position. 
Okay. Yeah. This damned if you do. But, if you're gonna- think, but here's the thing, though, is that like, because I, I understand. I mean, I like I love Naomi Smalls and mm-hmm. I don't fault her for what she did. Don't fault her at all. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I um, I don't think it wouldn't have been a big deal to send Latrice home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if she had sent Latrice home. That would have made sense too. You know, Latrice has the worst record. Mm-hmm. She was brought back. That was definitely something that didn't have to happen, but it mm-hmm. did. Um, going home a second time is just kind of like, you know, you're, you're, you're used to it at this point. And yeah. if she was judging on a scorecard, then sending Latrice home would have, would have made sense. So mm-hmm. what do you, what do you think about that? Like, what do you think w- would have been the outcome had she sent Latrice home? I think it's so funny. And I was actually going to frame the question at you. If, and so I'm going to answer it and then I'm going to ask you a question. Is okay. I think it would have obviously been less damage than she would have gotten some hate, but it would have been less than she got from Manila. But by doing, but, but, but Naomi essentially did was slay a giant and she made the yeah. path easier for her to win the crown. Right. Which, also makes it easier for other people to win the crown. But if Naomi thinks she's genuinely the best, she thinks I just got rid of my biggest competition. And, and so my question to you is this, and it, 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 I hope it doesn't sound flip. It's, it's a genuine question, though. Do you think that, because, you know, Naomi is an African-American drag queen. Latrice mm-hmm. is a black drag queen. Monet and, and Monique. Do you think, and I'm not saying it's like a, like a whole like cabal that they got together, but would there, do you think there'd be blowback in the black drag queen community if she eliminated like this beloved... Uh, titan of black drag queens, Latrice Royale, or would they just be like, man, whatever, it's a competition? No, I think they would have been like, no, whatever, it's a competition. And I say this, I mean, not to be political, but I feel like what happened to Manila is something that black women are used to. Mm -hmm. Like, we're just used to it. Like, we're just used to being cut Mm -hmm. and the response being well you know it was just a business decision Mm -hmm. you know and that's why i thought it was so funny because i was just like you know when i when i you know because i knew the spoiler i knew what was Mm going to happen and i was okay with what was going to happen but my biggest thing was like the blowback is going to be crazy Mm -hmm. and how is naomi going to handle it you know Mm -hmm. because even you know when People were talking about sending Latrice home. They were like, oh, she's a beloved queen. You're going to get so much hate. And that actually made people nervous. So I was like, how is she going to handle it? And then to see in the next episode, she was just like, life's not fair, is it? And I was like, yes. Like, you know, like she's just like, hey, listen, I'm here to play a game. And also just like looking on Twitter, there someone had posted screenshots of the Meet the Queens All-Stars like before the show even started mm-hmm. where they're interviewing Naomi Smalls and she says um, people are not going to see what's coming I am here to win no matter what mm-hmm. and she was like does that make me a villain am I going to be a villain on this season and then she kind of laughs and so that's a little foreshadowing mm-hmm. but it's just really her saying listen I want to win I feel like it's not like I'm a terrible queen and I'm just like, you know, taking out that like I'm a fierce competitor, too. But this person is standing in my way of me getting what I want. And Mm -hmm. I honestly I think that that's a good lesson to learn about life. Mm -hmm. You know, like 
don't be afraid to make decisions. Like if you feel like you are, you know, a competitive person and it's a competition, you know, don't do people dirty, but at the same time, like, don't be afraid to put yourself first. No, I completely agree. In fact, we, we, what you were talking about, what, you know, what, you know, women of color see all the time is I really felt that last season when Shangela wasn't in the top two and the jury voted for Kennedy and Trixie. Yes. And that look on Shangela's face was you could tell it was not the first time she's felt that. Yes. Yeah. It was not the first time she knew she was the best and she didn't make it to the top for whatever reason, you know? Yeah. And yeah, no, it, it's uh, and you're right. And at the end of the day, it's like you have to win the competition. You have to make the choice that's right for you. And also Naomi's young enough and social media savvy enough to know like, OK, it's going to be shitty for like a week. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to move on to some other tirade. Like right. look, Alaska. Hand- In fact, Alaska took it. Alaska sort of the model. Alaska took it and made it a part of who she was. When they started sending her snake emojis, she turned that into like a thing that she just worked with. Right, her signature emoji. Yeah, and it became her signature emoji. All right, are there any final thoughts on the episode, Jamila? Have you gotten everything you wanted to say about the episode out? I think so. I'm just really excited for next episode. And um, I'm really excited to listen to your spoiler show because I can't imagine who's going to be in the bottom next week. Yeah, well, uh, we're going to talk about that on the rumor mill. And also, like I said, we are going to have Evan's going to have his best Judy Jorge on or he's going to come back. And then my best Judy, Sweet Michael, will be on the show with us. So it's going to be us with our best Judys. We're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about the tea I found out about the top two. Uh, and it's all going to be discussed in the rumor mill. Again, available on Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash Drag Race Recap. And by the way, don't forget to go. You should. Don't. Even though. Look, here's the deal with this YouTube show. It was the first time we ever did a YouTube show. There were technical difficulties at the studio, something about their <laughs> internet. And you're going to get to see my face. It, it's really – I should never hire – I should never have someone as good-looking as Jake Dupree on the show because he's so attractive. And then I look like – I'm not even joking. Like if you had a Jabba the Hut candle and half-melted it, <laughs> that's what I look like on the show. And uh, it's it's awful. So anyway, well, so go there, Drag Race. I'm sorry, YouTube.com slash C slash Drag Race Recap. You can see the whole recap we did immediately afterwards. And again, Jake and Irene was coming. We didn't. We, we, we you would think that they just eliminated Layla McQueen. We just didn't even talk about Manila going home, and people were upset. All right. Well, that concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us next week and every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. So for Jamila Zara, oh, you know what? For Jamila, you can find her at Jamila Zara. That's J A M E L A Z A R H A over on Instagram that's and right. at, yeah, that's right. And at her website, HiHowAreYou.com, that's H-I-G-H for the high, H-I-G-H-H-O-W-A-R-E-Y-O-U.com. So, for Jamila Zara and myself, sashay away. Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? Email us at DragRaceRecap at gmail.com. The outro music was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. You can find Alex Lefebvre on Instagram at Alex Lefebvre Music. That's A-L-E-X-L-E-F-E-V-R.
R-E-M-U-S-I-C. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dragracerecap. You can also support the show at patreon.com slash dragracerecap. Finally, to find all of our old episodes, visit our website at dragracerecap.com. 